Hello there and welcome to the Outside Time Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games and all that jazz like there's no tomorrow. This week we're talking about The Grey Man. My name is Tom and as always I'm joined with my co-host John. How are you this week? Hey, it's me. Yes, I'm very looking forward to talk about The Grey Man. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. So, uh, The Grey Man. Briefly explain right. the plot for those who don't know. <clears throat> when the CIA's top asset, his identity known to no one, uncovers agency secrets, he triggers a global hunt by assassins set loose by his ex-colleague. Ah, okay. So, full spoilers ahead from here. As everyone knows, our favourite actor is Ryan Gosling. He's the best. And uh, as I heard about this like, new film, The Grey Man, I was like, oh, interesting this is like nothing that we ever seen from him because mostly he's been in comedies he's been in musicals well one musical i think it's funny that you mention ryan gosling because i think that i mean i agree with you ryan gosling is definitely my favorite actor and i think he's had a pretty perfect filmography he has just been in masterpiece after masterpiece and i really am sorry to say that for me the Grey Man really broke that trend. This is the most mediocre thing that I have seen. It was genuinely difficult to get through for me. Yeah, it was a mess, this film. The insufferable dialogue, scenes. Oh my God. There are so many scenes that you cannot watch. Like, you cannot like, follow what's happening at all. So there's one scene where it's like a set piece. By the way, there's nine set pieces in this film. Nine? Like, nine, yeah. Wow. So, so... In this scene, Ryan Gosling is on a plane where oh his, his ex-colleague allowed him to do, like, he needed to cover. But then, the strange character reason, the ex-colleague decided to have his bodyguards try to kill Ryan Gosling's character. So then, I'll give you a brief description. It's like Uncharted 3. He fights, he fights, and then, as he jumps out the plane, he goes through clouds. You cannot see a single <laughs> thing that's happening. Like the camera just, it this like terrible CGI. There was like it was spinning around, and you just cannot follow what's happening at all. And I just kind of start laughing because how horrible it was. It did remind me immediately of Uncharted Three, and I think it's funny that it's basically a mix of the plane sequence from Uncharted and then the falling sequence from Black Widow. You know, to kind of think of two modern movies, it does both of those things, and yet somehow, and those are both pretty bad scenes in each of their movies but somehow it's worse than that like okay so if anybody's listened to us for a while they would have listened to our black widow episode or our uncharted oh episode no, and <laughs> we complained especially in the uncharted one we complained about the plane scene and you know how it has so much less weight but this one honestly like they like everyone's just spinning about in the plane there's like a, a car that ryan gosling's like dodging as the plane is kind of falling apart and it was just so indecipherable i i just didn't know what was going on it was so ridiculous yeah and i just said there were so many lines that were so insufferable so the dialogue yeah. throughout the film was just indescribable there were some weird lines that the characters had to say and also, Chris Evans' character says something about Ryan Gosling, saying he looks like a Ken doll yes. like, from uh, the Barbie franchise. And I was wondering, did Chris Evans knew, or was that just... I don't think so. I just think that was a line that they put in there. Maybe that was what started it. Maybe maybe they, had, they did that line of dialogue, and then Ryan Gosling was like, oh my god. Oh my god. This is it. This is I my calling. 
I need, <laughs> I need to, to find Ken. my I need to find my Ken doll in my back garden next to a squished lemon. Uh, the legend continues about the dialogue. Okay, so this is the same creative team as Avengers Endgame. I'm not sure if it's the same one as Infinity War, but we've got the same writers and directors here. We've got Marcus and McFeely who are doing the script and the Russo brothers directing. I genuinely think it goes to show, as somebody who's quite critical as Endgame but still enjoys it, it goes to show how much less durable that film is if it wasn't about characters that we already know and love. Because the dialogue in this film is so similar to things in Endgame, it's trying to be funny. There's way too many one-liners. People don't talk like regular people do. They're all trying to be way too witty and not in like a fun fast and furious way i feel like fast and furious really understands that balance you know we've talked about things like (laughs) we talked about things like venom let there be carnage which does kind of like ride that line perfectly this doesn't and it's just really insufferable yeah for me the dialogue was just like it's so bad it's too funny i just love this bit (laughs) it's just so bad ryan garson's character gets pepper sprayed i don't know why he gets pepper sprayed (laughs) it's a very strange thing as well chris evans just has has just a bottle of pepper spray. Of course he does. During this scene, they just talk like, oh, you look like a Lloyd. What gave it away? The mustache. What? Uh, And then... uh, (laughs) Specifically, the trash stash. Who? What? Is that even a saying? I don't even know. No. So then it reveals that Ryan Gosling's character and pins a grenade. So then Chris Evans like, ballsy. And he just, <laughs> just runs out the window. And then somehow Ryan Gosling lost his shoe. I know why he lost his shoe. But he lost his shoe during this whole confrontation. <laughs> and then just turns around. Then Chris Evans' character returns. And he just asks him, what size shoes are you? It's, why does he, how does he lose his shoe? I, I think I completely missed that. <laughs> okay, the reason why he lost his shoe. You know, he wasn't that well. I don't know why he decided to take a shoe. He could use that for something. Oh, is that so, his whole like escape plan? Yes. He used oh. the shoe in that well. Oh. Yeah. It's this completely weird convoluted bit where like he kind of like empties out all of his bullets and he's got like, all the gunpowder and he makes this weird contraction out of pipes and he fills the well up and then he he blows it up and it's just like, why what? <laughs> like it was just it was just a very strange excuse to get him and Chris Evans' character in the same room. And and if I'm not mistaken, I think they only meet twice. And it, it yeah, I mean, like, twice. it's like a B-Tech version of Heat, really. I mean, it's like, they're trying to do this thing where it's like a really kind of like big confrontation yeah. when they meet up, but it doesn't, it's so flat. Like two seconds after they meet, Anna de Armas's character just shoots oh. Chris Evans with a trank dart. And it's like, okay, you're here now. Like, I, I, I like, this is a real waste of its cast. We've got yeah. some really, really good actors here and none of them really do anything. I feel like Chris Evans is trying to do his role in Scott Pilgrim, but it's nowhere near as lovably hateable. Instead, it's just like, there's nothing to it. Yeah, it's sad. There's one scene where Ryan Gosling's character meets this daughter. It's the niece of his kind of like, the guy who recruited Wait, him. niece? I thought it was yeah. his daughter. No, it's, it's his niece. Oh, what the... <laughs> exactly. The story was confusing itself. It was just boring. It really it was. was forgettable. Okay, I thought that what... Never mind. Anyway, so there's one scene... I don't know why they had to get this in the scene. It was just too weird. 
So they send her to the hospital and then brings her back. And then the next bit, there's an assassin into the house. I think he was trying to find Ryan Gosling's character's colleague. But then there's a song. It's called, it's it's Silver Something. Silver Bird? Uh, Silver Bird, right. Yeah, it, it plays twice in the film. Why? Why is it like in Drive? You know what I mean? In Drive, mm. there's some particular songs that fit in scenes or something that works, you know, give the whole vibe. This is just Silver Bird. This is, what do you mean? It's nothing. Yeah, it's just like an, oh, I, I, yeah. I, the, there's something that, it feels like we're talking about this quite a lot recently, but the, there is something about what modern movies, modern blockbusters specifically, do when they play licensed music over an action sequence. And it's becoming to the point where you're not doing anything special with the editing and the way that they're putting these sequences together, you know, syncing it up to the music like Edgar Wright, maybe. And it's not cute anymore. It's just like everyone's doing it so that they can have their Guardians of the Galaxy or Stranger Things moment where everybody's listening to this song and everyone's talking about it. And it just kind of, it just fell flat. I remember literally yeah. as soon as the character Claire, this is the, the niece, she puts on... She, she, as soon as she puts on this record, I literally said out loud, okay, well, here's the music for us to set the action scene against. Uh, and, and it's annoying because this sequence, this is like this, this little flashback sequence where we show Ryan Gosling bonding with Claire. This is one of the only good action sequences in the movie where he fights this intruder because it's not over-edited like so many of the action sequences are. And the colors are kind of interesting. Like the, the open, it's, it's really the opening action sequence in this one that are the only interesting ones because even though the editing in the first one is pretty bad, they use color quite well. They've got like this neon aesthetic. And <laughs> at the opening sequence, and, and in this scene, I was like, why isn't the rest of it like this? You know, like, why is the rest of it so boring? And like, there's a whole tram chase and it's just so mind-numbingly nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. It's very nothing in this film or nihilistic. It doesn't add anything. It's just so weird. And I want to get into the story because the story is so messed up. Not in the sense of like, oh, it's horrible or anything dark. No, it's just like, there's no clear narrative. There's no clear arcs at all. There's anything really for the characters at all. There's mm. there's been some weird uh, plot points as well, like trying to get into some situations. So there's one that really bugged me. It was that the ex-colleague decided to attack Ryan Gosling on a plane. That is the weirdest bit because... Then he forgives him later. I yeah, like he, like he calls him and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, they've got my niece. And it's like, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, then. exactly. That's it, what I mean. You're right. Like, there's not a single character arc in this movie. Nobody learns anything. Nobody does anything. And I don't really know how to describe this. I feel like if you've seen this, you will know. But it felt like every single action spy movie condensed into one and yes. just hitting every single generic plot like so many times i felt like i was watching spectre like a really generic james bond movie that's just pretty boring actually the ending sequence takes place in a maze and there's this kind of cat and mouse where chris evans has got the girl and ryan gosling's chasing him through a maze and i just thought to myself wow this is just shit shining like the shining's end is amazing the maze is so haunting and looming with these lights and the snow and the tracks casting this kind of like breadcrumbs and Jack like manically following Danny through the through the maze, you know, with this incredible score and like these low angle shots that make it feel really suspenseful. And at the end of The Grey Man, we get a similar thing in a maze and it's just boring. 
there's not a single lick of tension. Yes, it it's so boring, like how they used Maze. Like they could have used something really interesting, but no. And Amadi Amadi's character is so wasted here. Like I'm so yes. I felt so sorry for everyone. Acting potential was just wasted by insufferable dialogue and some weird story. Because yes. Amadi Amadi, she is amazing in uh, yeah. most of films like No Time to Die, Night yeah. Out. In this one, what do you mean? What what? <laughs> she get she gets kicked all the time. I'm not even kidding. There's a whole compilation of her again pushed down to the ground in this time. Oh, really? Of, yeah, I'm not even kidding. Oh, man. It's like one minute of her just falling oh. down or getting kicked to the it, ground. It, it was just like they took her, they're like, oh, you know who was great in No Time to Die? You know who was like a standout? Ana de Armas. She was really good. She had so much like, you know, personality and she was great in the fight scenes. Let's take that, take away all the personality and just make her just there like she's in Blade Runner 2049 with Ryan Gosling we know that the two of them have really good chemistry they have a really really nice story in the film and I I genuinely don't know in the gray man who are they to each other are they partners are they like do they work together frequently what's their relationship we don't we know. never know exactly we it's like, never what? know <laughs> what's even the point what is even it... the point oh yeah we don't even explore the backstory of the gray man we don't even know why he's in prison but we only get like hints that's the annoying bit we don't yeah, really get to see this whole arc of who he is there's a moment when he fights chris evans in this water fountain and then there's like a flashback where he was getting abused by his father and to me that that's good to find out his backstory but it's like out of place it came out of nowhere and then apparently that was like his sort of motivation i get why but it was out of nowhere it was so weird and it it, it was like this thing of like oh i must beat chris evans character because i found this backstory bro <laughs> no it's like there's a moment so- when there's a moment when uh, where anna diamas is like why were you in prison in the first place and he says oh my brother was getting beaten up and it was clear that only one of the people were gonna win so i thought i was being noble so i killed the person who was who was beating them up. And then instead of getting praised for it, for saving my brother, I got put in jail. And it's like, okay, why don't we expand on that? And exactly. then and then at the end, when it gives you that weird like flashback of him getting drowned, it's like, where did this come from? Is this a character arc? What's happening? It's like, you just put this random thing right at the end. And then it's like, what? We, you just forgot to develop it like at all. The whole fight between Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling. It was it was okay, but it was just the cinematography was awful, awful in this film. Like you couldn't see anything, but oh, this whole yeah. fight, it was changing like the editing, it was like changing every time someone just punched or something. Oh, and you just the, couldn't tell who was fighting the or editing, not. Something that Hollywood can't escape. Ever since the Bourne movies, there's just this thing in action where it's just so over-edited. And unless they're trying to very specifically emulate a different style, like if a film's trying to do like a, or like a classic like Hong Kong action flick, then they just don't get away from this. And it felt like, do you, I don't know if you remember this, but a couple of years ago, there was behind the scenes from Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier and Captain America are fighting just below the freeway where Winter Soldier's got a knife and it showed this B-roll and it was all in one shot and everyone online was like, oh my God, this looks better than the actual movie. And it's like, yeah, because the movies edit it. So you just, you can't take in any of the choreography. And like, it's just, 
it's so frustrating and like it doesn't help it's so visually bland as well like there's a there's a scene where Ryan Gosling and Anna de Armas are hiding at this character Maurice's house and there's a there's like a SWAT team that's like about to like corner them and you've also got Chris Evans and Jessica Henwick in like the headquarters so we keep on cutting between the SWAT team getting into where Ryan Gosling and Andy Armas is and Jessica Henwick and Chris Evans. And genuinely, the way that it's shot, the way that it's color graded, Andy Armas and Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans and Jessica Henwick could be in the same room. They look exactly the same visually. There's no like difference in like the colors. There's no difference in the way that it's shot. Like it's all just like it feels so lazy. And I hate saying that because so much work goes into making a film, but I just don't understand these choices. Yeah, it's the Russos. They love the grey filter. I also remember the behind the scenes of that shot you were talking about. That was really interesting. Then again, they just love action. Well, cliche, like, you know, the whole idea of action movies into one. They get, like, heavily edited stuff, and it's just so out of place. Did you see what they said recently about Civil War? Yes, and it's so... <sighs> so unjustified like they don't really back up what they meant about like the the gray filter like come on man those of you who haven't seen basically they say oh well civil war is supposed to be a very gray movie because the characters are existing in a morally gray area and it's like what (laughs) like first of all it doesn't make sense the the film it's not that morally gray Come on, it's a Marvel film. Like it's the good and like the good and the bad is still very like you know clear that they, they they really don't. You think about the Civil War comic, the way that 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 kind of puts the characters in the gray. It you know it's so different to the film where there is like an evil genius pulling the strings. And hey, I like Civil War, but like calling it morally gray, I'm not sure that works. And there's a difference no. to having something look visually flat and bland than having something have a dark tone and look amazing. There are loads of films that look great and are also dark and gritty. Civil War just is one of those films that doesn't look good. And The Grey Man also just doesn't look good. It's just shot so flatly. The way that they're trying to use this grey filter, it's so bland. Like, as you said, it's so bland. It just gives no life at all. And it's just this horrible thing to see in his cinema, just like a grey filter. Mm. It's nothing. It's just so... <laughs> that's my <laughs> that's my initial reaction uh and so, and yeah. so this film's this film's on netflix right you don't get to use it cinema but i watched it on my projector you know not as good as a cinema screen but even watching it on the big screen you know it wasn't any it, it wasn't good in terms of like it's like you know it's scope or anything like that like it didn't make it better because i literally tried to make it a better experience it still just looks like just visual sludge. And you do not want to see visual sludge at all. So the final fight between Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans' characters, they fight to the death until there's one woman just decides to shoot Chris Evans. Oh, my Why? God. Why? That is so <laughs> weird. It, it, it could have been like a really interesting character arc, maybe. But then this woman comes out of nowhere. Bang. She <laughs> spends the whole time just complaining about like oh my god we are like oh who are we you know we're we're, we're descending into this like morally gray area like oh are we the gray men and, and then just shows up at the end and is like actually i'm gonna be the evil villain and then like takes ryan gosling's character into custody 
But then Ryan Gosling's character escapes like he's Jason Bourne. It was like this, like, you know how the end... Yeah, you know how the end of every Bourne movie, of course. they have like this thing where it's like Jason Bourne's still in the wind and they play Extreme Ways by Moby. Well, they did the same thing where Jessica Henwick's character and Reggie Jane Page's character is in an elevator and they go down and Jessica Henwick's like, we've we've got him. And then the door opens and everyone's dead. And it just felt like it was going to go and just do like the whole like Bourne thing. And it, oh, like just like her character as well, Jessica Henwick. Wasted again. She played Bugs in The Matrix earlier this year. And it's like, oh, she's a good actor, but like everything that she's in, it just kind of like they just waste her. And I just feel like the entire cast here are just completely wasted. Nobody really has any chemistry. Like the characters aren't anything interesting. They're all just archetypes. And it, it's it's pretty tiring. Yeah, I get you. You mean like we could have seen like a really interesting villain, but instead it was just wasted. Like what what you said about uh, Jessica's character, she just comes out of nowhere and is like, "Now I'm the now I'm the gray man. I am the gray man. What? You're the gray man." (laughs) In a world where we have you know John Wick, we've still got Mission Impossible and Bond. This just doesn't do anything new. It doesn't carve its own identity. There's nothing there that justifies its existence it tries to craft a world and and this this network of spies just like john wick but it's so unengaging the characters are so similar to the point where maurice and fitzroy have the exact same death sacrifice maurice turns on the gas in her apartment and then lights it and Fitzroy, go take my niece. <laughs> yeah, it's like go take my niece. I'm gonna like I'm gonna set up this grenade. Like it, it's just so lazy. There's one assassin who fought I the armors twice in the film, right? Oh my okay. god. Yeah, I'm yeah. the guy. You remember him? You remember him? Yeah, yeah. He was trying to get. Oh yeah. By the way, this whole film, everyone was trying to get this thing, this necklace thingy where it had information about mm. this leader there's one guy who was like completely unstoppable he was like trying to kill everybody but then the final fight between army the armies and this guy he was about to kill her but then out of nowhere <laughs> he just gets the necklace he was like oh you can have it now was like, what what do you mean he was like now i just discovered what it means to be human i know that money it's a power of greed. I must be big better than that. I must be <laughs> a man. Yeah, and then he just walks out. He literally says, these people have no honor. And it's like, you don't have any honor. You were just killing innocent policemen. <laughs> like, what? Like, what, what do you mean they don't have any honor? The strangest character arc in any, any movie ever. Honestly. I'll tell you that right now. Like, this guy. I, I just didn't make telling any everyone, sense. Gets necklace. Oh, necklace. Nice goes back to mansion and then realizes that people don't have honor <laughs> ironic he just walks out <laughs> oh, what, a, oh, what a guy man. like i just really was... want to know who wrote this like i know it's the same people who did yeah. Endgame. <laughs> yeah i know who wrote it it was the people who did endgame it goes to show how much like of endgame is relying and leaning very heavily on all that came before it and that's absolutely fine. That's why Endgame works because it's a culmination of like a big thing. Uh, you know, same with Infinity War. But I, I just think this just, ah, like the cracks that were in Infinity War and Endgame are amplified. And I want to, I have to ask, 
How the hell is this getting a sequel? I don't know. It's Netflix, Tom. <laughs> Netflix knows its oh, ways yeah. of it ruining stuff. It ruins anime. It ruins TV shows. It ruins reviews as well. We I never just, know like, why. How? Like, money. The, money. It's money. Yes, of course it's money. But something... It, it's like... I've been seeing on Twitter this week, people being like, how is the Grey Man getting a sequel? And yet we still haven't gotten a sequel to The Nice Guys. And it's like, yeah, The Nice Guys is so much better in every single way, in the character relationships, in in the action, in just the style of the film. And this is just so, just nothing. Just nothing. But here's the thing, though. Ryan Gosling just makes everything better. I'm sorry, but he was the yeah, one no. who was hey. like, then this whole film throughout... In interviews, yeah. I've been watching interviews of him just like talking about the Green Man, and there's so many same sentences about the film, like, oh, uh, the, the Green Man, uh, one of the films that I wanted to see all year. I don't think he was particularly excited about it. He was just <laughs> like, he said, I love action movies. That's what he said in every, every interview. He would just <laughs> maybe, say something about action film. It was like, oh. Maybe it's, one, maybe it's one of those films that he's just doing for the paycheck so he can do what true, he actually true. wants to do. Yeah, you're completely right. He's the best part of the movie. Yes, he's the best part of the movie. He will say some dialogue and you'll make it better. And there's one dialogue <laughs> that was got me so annoyed was when the niece was like, no, don't fight Chris Evans. Don't fight him. He's he's <laughs> evil. And then Ryan Gosling was like, hey, it's just another Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he puts on his sunglasses and the guitar riff plays in the background it was so it was, you know how in Aquaman at the beginning when he like comes on submarine it is genuinely doing slow motion shots and it plays a guitar it felt like it wanted to be that cool and that campy but instead it was Can't just like cool. boring and really kind of like lackluster we can give it out of 10 for Ryan Gosling it's a 3 out of 10 I'll give it a four. There we go. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you like, if you liked it, please like it and subscribe to us if you want to see more. Um, we've just we've been doing loads of stuff, loads of new films recently, so you can check all that out. And next week we are going to be doing Bullet Train. Hopefully, that's the action film that we want to see. Hopefully, that yes. you know the, the trailer looks so exciting and and stylish. So hopefully, that is what this film should have been. So you know, and fingers crossed well. for that. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, you can tell us your thoughts on The Grey Man in the comments below or email us with your thoughts or any questions on anything really on outsidefilmpod at gmail.com. We will read it out right here on the pod and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram too at outsidefilmpod. Thank you for listening. We talked about The Grey Man. Um, <laughs> yes, we did. We, it's one of the movies Definitely of all time. Definitely a movie. Did not make more billion... Okay, I'm not going <laughs> to say the Morbius joke. Uh, you, did you see that Morbius thing at the Comic-Con? Yes. Oh, and the guy's hey, like, Matt. hey, hey, hey Matt, Matt, it's Morbin it's time. And he's, time. And he's it's like, it's like, what? I feel so and Matt sorry. Smith's just so embarrassed. He's like, I, that's a bad film. Oh, my God. And anyway, thank you for listening. Take care. Be good. Take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.